Hello, welcome to the Complete Discography Podcast. My name is Darren Huckey, and along with my co-host, Austin Johns, we break down every album from some of our favorite bands. Here in Season 2, we break down every album released by Bad Religion. We hope you enjoy the show. Against the Grain. Uh, this album was released November 23rd, 1990, uh, right at the tail end of the 90. Uh, it was on Epitaph. Uh, Bad Religion is credited as the sole producers of it, so just the band themselves were the producers. And it, again, like the last couple of albums, was recorded at the West Beach Recorders in Hollywood uh, with you know Brett Garrett's handling the support duties of engineering and all that jazz of the album. Um, it was recorded in May of 1990 and released in November. So there's actually a few months in between. Um, I know some of the earlier <laughs> ones... Um, um, I guess actually the last one was recorded in June, released in November. So I guess it's a pretty similar um, change yeah, or pretty five, time frame. Months, uh, lead time, yeah. And then uh, on this album, uh, Graffin, Geritz, Hetson, Bentley, and Finestone. Uh, this would be mm-hmm. the last uh, last album with good old Pete. Pete's Dragon would fly away and be done with uh, Bad Religion for a, a short period of or hey, He would be permanently done, but... Um, with the band after this, but um, I remember seeing him one year and the band that Pete was currently jumping for at that time was one of the opening bands. And they like called it out on stage, like, like big yeah. thanks to Pete, you know, from whatever the, the name of the band was like, you know, he was our drummer for the, the early years and it was a great help. Oh, they like, you know, gave him a little bit of a shout out. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, that is the lineup. Um, some unique, Details that I had pulled just because I thought they were interesting before they uh, before we jump into it. There's a segment, I guess, on the Dan Patrick show um, that he has. I guess it's called Against the Grain. I'm not sure what the segment is oh. and what it is, but uh, there's a little – he plays a little, like, snip of this song to, like, intro that segment of the show, uh, oh. which is kind of interesting. Um, it's kind of like that uh, – uh, going for a walk. Going uh, for a walk uh, for Angels games. Yeah, those Angels games. Yeah, I don't know if that was a player choice or that was an arena choice or what, or a stadium choice or whatever. But uh, that's that was gotta interesting. be a stadium choice though, because that's. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. just interesting. Yeah. Uh, haven't gone to a lot of Angels games, but did go to one and did hear it. You know, in the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, and one other uh, thing to note, we're getting to the tail end of the 80s. You know, their their str- string of these, like, you know, we've come back together now. They've done three albums um, under this unit. Like, this is definitely, like, their thing. Um, this was, like, riding that wave into, like, the big break of alternative music and punk music and all that stuff in the early 90s. Um, these song, A couple of these songs were featured on a uh, a surf movie. Um, called Momentum that um, like Kelly Slater and a bunch of like popular surfers were in. And so <laughs> there was like conversation with, um, with Brett about using the songs and he apparently let, you know, like anybody who like wanted to like license or utilize them, like the music and stuff, like in things like this, like skate videos or surf videos and stuff. He was like, just signed off on it and would do it for free. Apparently yeah. like he saw it as an opportunity to like, like cross promote and like, you know, ha- have other people exposed to him. So, um, 
like that Momentum Surf movie wasn't wouldn't be released until after Generator comes out in '92. But like it had um, a, a few songs from Against the Grain on it. Like specifically, like during Kelly Slater's like segment, I like look it up on YouTube, and God Song is playing for like his section of like the Surf <laughs> video, which is um, just kind of interesting. But like from from the book that. Um, um, like going back and like listening slash reading through it, um, like the in, the in the chapter it talks about how like this was definitely like a thing that helped kind of like bring a lot of new eyes and new ears on them as a band, and it definitely probably helped generate that push to that mainstream like level of success they saw um, onto those Atlantic records and everything, which is kind of interesting to think because when we kind of discovered them through the video game and that generation there, they had bad religion had technically already capitalized on like emerging popularities of like, you know, the skate and surf culture via these like videos and VHS tapes that were circulated through skate shops and surf shops (laughs) um, before they did it electronically with video games, which is uh, just kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, But that's pretty much all the like, like, I don't know, interesting notes and stuff like that that I'd pulled about it. Um, Against the Grain, you know, famously was my AOL username for a while, so I guess that's <laughs> worth noting. Um, I didn't use the I, though. It was, like, against the grain, so it was just misspelled just so... Uh, I don't think it was done on purpose. I think I accidentally misspelled it, and it was just permanently... <laughs> my... I didn't wonder about that. I didn't know if the, other, if the real version was taken, and you just had to be like, well, this is close enough. <laughs> yeah, No, I don't think it was. I think it just was... <laughs> like, like it, yeah, against the grain. Um, that's just I what guess. it was. Um, 17 total tracks, 34-minute <laughs> runtime. So uh, it's still not that long of an album, uh, but us going through track by track, 17 tracks is kind of a, um, a long, like long, long, long... Two minutes list. a song. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I believe Generator has like eleven tracks, so uh, yeah. similar length, but they just like gave like longer like time for their songs. So by longer, I mean the songs were three minutes instead of two minutes, which still isn't that long <laughs> of a song. Uh, but yeah, so against the grain, what uh, what are what are some of your thoughts? Like what like what do you remember about it? Like when do you think you first kind of turn yourself onto it, um, or? Well, you know, what were you doing in November of 1990 that you thought uh, this is where you should have been, but weren't? November 1990? Uh, I guess what, I would have been getting close to turning five years old or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so just being a five-year-old mostly, you know, coloring Sesame Street and that type of stuff. <laughs> Not but, shitting uh, myself. The, uh, yeah. Um, for the album, for, I mean, I had heard some songs off it for sure from just like all ages and um, probably mostly just all ages. But um, I feel like this one was a bit later because there were so many albums to get through in terms of like buying them and stuff like that. I think I had this one probably. This was probably one of the last ones that I got out of like Suffer, Generator no control and against this was i think this was the last one that i got of those four so i kind of had you know um and that was i don't know early 20s probably yeah i mean i probably the same for me i mean i pretty much the same story along those lines i mean i after discover them you try and dig back into the back catalog and we've talked about that before but um yeah i did it wasn't until like they were probably uh like they did those remastered like you know re-releases on cd and vinyl and stuff and that was in 2004 so mm-hmm. it would have been after that for me that i discovered this 
1990 album. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Like, I discovered it 14 years after it had already been released. And, you know, at this point now, how many years is that? Uh, 30, th- 33 years old, the album is? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. But it, it's tough, though, because it's like a band that you really like, but then there's, like, also new music coming out and, like, other bands and stuff like that. So, like, you're, like, and they have so many albums. Yeah. At that point, it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm working through here. I'm getting to some of them, but uh, you kind of have to pick. I don't know, just like kind of like, all right, let me pick one and just see how, like, see how I like this. Yeah, one. And, well, they know. they did such a good job with all ages that, like, yes, I wanted to go back and listen to more of their like back catalog and stuff, but they kind of represented themselves pretty well there, and yeah. I I was caught on like the forward train already, um, so like yeah, uh, discovering other bands and needing to then go back and you know coming up as a youth like you go back to their back catalogs too other bands may only have two three albums by that time so it's easier than you look at bad religion like oh crap i i just discovered them but there's they already have eight like i mean i i can't go through all these right now Uh, yeah slowly pick away at it but yeah so for whatever reason this album ended up being one of the in terms of their older music one of the ones that i um was later to get to yeah um yeah Cool. Well, I I mean, same story. I don't have anything else to kind of change about that. Discovered it and kind of found it in like the same kind of time frame and um, for the same reasons. So, um, yeah. Cool. Well, then do you want to uh, just jump right on into it? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, despite the long amount of time we had to prepare, I had not looked up much uh, interesting stuff about the album or the recording or any uh, actual relevant details. So The amount of time lapsed from recording of our last episode. <laughs> Febu- February twenty fourth. <laughs> you could it's have spent you could have spent any amount of minutes just uh, I could helping be an prep for on this. the subject of this album right now, probably. But nope, that's how life goes. Um, but yeah, this is technically what I'm playing is the the that remastered version of it and all that stuff. But you know, I don't audibly hear a difference when I hear these songs from like the all ages version that I had and everything. Um, I'm sure mm, that okay. the engineer or the master or whoever handled the remastering probably is not happy to hear that people don't notice a difference, but whatever. Uh, it still sounds great. It still sounds the same. So we'll start it off with the first track. Uh, it opens with Modern Man. <laughs> the whole chorus we all know modern man um, <coughs> it's gonna be oh yeah we gotta rank these songs too so uh we get, do get your utensils in order um yeah Mo- modern man what do you think oh yeah i'm a big fan of this one i uh i mean obviously it's on all ages too so there's that uh familiarity and stuff but uh, speaking of a uh, screen name for things though i had once used cyborg just like you as a screen name <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. For something, I can't remember what though. It wasn't aim, but it was something. 
Yeah, I don't remember seeing that or anything, but uh, yeah, it was right from Modern <laughs> Man. Um, and, and that uh, famously, or not famously, I mean, it's it just always <laughs> n- worth noting. Um, nobody else cares. But uh, like, it starts with that like really low like audio oh. clip. You can hear Greg talking like you just you know, hear in the, the room. With attitude part of it. Uh, yeah, he's, it's or, a, if, it's, I guess he's saying here's a song with attitude, but yeah, yeah, here's is kind of cut off. So a song with attitude. Song with attitude. Yeah, uh, which is, I think is kind of funny. Uh, at this point, yeah. they, they've still like they've stuck to this, but they try and like just like start off their albums with an upbeat, like high energy, like you know, load one in the chamber and like start things with a bang. Um, so I think Modern Man does that perfectly. That's um, definitely one of my favorite Bad Religion songs. So um, yeah, I don't really. I mean, mm. I couldn't sing Infinite Praises. Probably it's just catchy and good, and uh, it's like you know, definitely a great Graffin song. You know, with the way that it talks about um, yeah environmental the destruction world. and like and, and uh you know the more pessimistic uh, stance on it the kind of you know it's yeah. one of those songs that he definitely writes a lot of them yeah and but it's like it's funny to think about though like the i mean again like it is we've gotten gone like talked about it a little bit like it is pessimistic but at the same time from like his profession and his like educational background like human life on like the planet of earth and on like how everything it is it is like unimportant in that regard mm-hmm. in the length of time like obviously life is important to us as human beings but like in yeah. the span of things in the years of things like it is not important in that regard and so like his songs and his intellect about how he like sings some of these things it's yes it's a reflection of like modern like reactions and like you know people and on this planet and our decisions and everything but it's also like as from his educational background like his view and all that stuff too which is just uh always interesting to see yeah um cool well that's modern man uh that is just under two minutes a minute and 56 seconds uh the next song track two uh turn on the light is a minute and 24 seconds we'll start that now i had a friend who kept a candle in his pocket he used to touch it when the wind was blowing high i guess it made him feel like he could love the system and when it figured out we made him kind of guy And chorus already out of the way, 25 seconds into it. Um, just wham, bam, getting it done. Uh, Brett Geeritz wrote that song, um, uh, like a little clip from an interview he did. Um, it, he says the song is essentially, it kind of has the same theme as Hooray for Me, which is like live life <laughs> to its fullest, burn brightly as possible. I, I mean, some of the, some of the, like the metaphors and, what he's saying like i don't quite i don't it's not as obvious to me you know that that's what yeah, that maybe, means maybe but uh, <laughs> but yeah but once he gets i mean i kind of get that though i guess uh, the metaphors i agree with but then it does eventually get to that and i'll burn like a roman fucking yeah. candle yeah I guess that, yeah that makes sense it's mentioned that i'll burn you know and like and i'll burn until my juice runs dry so like i guess it's there but like the I guess I had a friend who kept a candle in his pocket. He used to touch yeah. it when the wind was blowing high. I guess it made it feel like he could duck the system. And then when it flickered out, we laid him down to die. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't put, I didn't have that connection, but I've always liked the song. I mean, it's just like a fun, you know, yeah. A beat song, cool, fun chorus, an F bomb in there. <laughs> yeah. 
That's always good. Uh, but yeah, super short, super sweet. Um, I have to rank this song. Um, and I'll start the next song while I'm starting to get my notes organized there. But we'll get on to track three. Uh, it is Get Off. This song, though, I never knew what it was about until I think we were talking and he told me, or maybe I was reading something. And it was like about, you know, I think written by Graffin, but about like get off, like get off the ride, get off the the, the ride of life kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. That's... I never realized that. I just kind of always assumed it was like, I want to get off for, for some reason. Because <laughs> there's some other lines in there that, like, for some reason I associated with that, but not at all what the song's about. Yeah. I mean, some of the. Uh... Every time I look at you, I just want to do it. I can, do I can it. clench my fist right through it, but I just want to get off. Like it, I thought of like a, 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 a sexual <laughs> or metaphor like, in there. Guys and just say screw it. I don't know. It's just yeah. like, there's enough words in there that I'm like, oh, okay, there's some type of thing about. But yeah, yeah that's not it. Yeah, but um, yeah, you. I had read this similar thing. I think we had discussed this off off the podcast or something. Um, yeah, like Jay Bentley talks about it. Like I guess him saying that, like that's what Greg kind of talked about the song being about was that you know the life. Um, it's like a, a ride and, you know, and he wants to get off the ride. That is, you know, the human experience. Um, yeah. I, in the, when it has like that, there's like a, like the music kind of like tones out and then there's like a big, like scream at the end, you know, or like kind of later on. Oh, in yeah, it. yeah. Um, I guess that's uh Jay Bentley doing that scream. Um, but yeah, he does say that, hmm. that, uh, get off is a, about life as a ride and Greg just wants to get the fuck off the ride. Which isn't really a great sentiment either. But, uh, yeah, that's a lot different than the Rascal Flats perspective <laughs> on things. <laughs> uh, they want to write it all night long, you know, and all that. So, uh, that's a different podcast. That's uh, next season. Um, <laughs> the uh, track four, Blenderhead, all one word. Uh, we will get that going right now. Through a dark prismatic tunnel on a carousel The earth is turning and you know it very well Your mind is reeling like an helicopter's wheeling And you're gonna hit the ceiling like a mallet on a bell Hey Blenderhead, they're starting to ask questions Your transgressions, a danger flashing sign Challenge conventions and radiate your splendor And feel those flywheels turn your blender That also has a, a unique ending where it just like abruptly ends. It's kind of like we talked about in a previous album, like one of the songs, and now I'm blanking on the name of it, but like how it's almost like <laughs> the song plays into a referencing of it, of itself and in what it is as existence and all that stuff. But like, yeah, um, um, but like this song just kind of like abruptly ends and everything, and it's, you know, 
about somebody's like thoughts and and everything. It's just like you know, just sh- just suddenly like stopping and suddenly shutting off. I just I don't know. I think there's like a layer there, and it's another Brett Gearwit song. So he's the one who did it last time as well. So I think he's kind of always thinking creatively outside the box sometimes with his songwriting. Um, but this is a minute and twelve seconds long. You know, it's just kind of a quick blast and uh, yeah. uh, abruptly cuts off. Yeah, I like this one. It's uh, it has like some kind of fun, like just like uh, descriptive type of lyrics that sometimes. Uh, well, both songwriters do, but like uh, Gearwitz for sure does it. Like you know, it's like the the <laughs> shiny trinket has a story. You could like I don't know, just some of the like the imagery that he's like coming up with is interesting to me. Yeah, and um, I I just really enjoy this the 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 sound of just the blender. And yeah, like it's just it's just a fun sing along for me on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, cool song. Good song. A minute, like I said, just barely over a minute. Short. Yeah. So they're gonna get right back to it. They're gonna give us something longer here with this fifty-seven second song, the positive aspect of negative thinking. It's super short. And then that does like a cool, like, you know, old school pug kind of 180 at the end where it then like it kicks it in. It kind of like, breaks it down a little bit where it's like, I'm so tired of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and then that's like, that to me is like the, the Jay Bentley like lyrics. It's like, but it, <laughs> I mean, he did like, he busted out his thesaurus and like really nailed it, like, you know, to sound as much like a bad religion song as possible to start. Um, but yeah, that the ending is. Um, just like like just a, a generalized like angry at all these terrible things and all these bad things, uh, terrorist religion bullshit lies. You know, like uh, it's like oh okay, you, you cover all the bases there, Jay. Uh, this one's written by Bentley. Then I didn't realize. Oh yeah, yeah. That. Sorry, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was yeah, just yeah. sitting on that detail. It is one of only two songs written by Jay Bentley. The other one was Part Three, way back when. Yeah, I didn't really care for some of the other songs he'd written, but this one's pretty solid. Yeah, no, I think he does a, a good job. I mean, 57 seconds, you can't really screw too much up. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he did what he could, but I think he did a good job with it. Um, so, wow. yeah, I mean, there's really not much you can say about a 57-second song, but um, it kind of hits all the, the right notes, a, a generalized, like, bad religion punk song, um, and it's a success, I'd say. Yeah, the, I think the it's solid all the way through. The ending does kind of make it for me a little bit, too, though. The we'll move on to the next one then. The next one is a powerful Brett Gearwitz classic, um, Anesthesia. Ooh, yeah. Tr- track six. Everybody's 
it's a biggie. It's a good classic. And that has that really rad ending where it's like breaks it down and it's like uh I mean the drums get a little that's the only thing that I kind of think sounds a little dated to me. Yeah, it's like a yeah. industrial trash canny kind of like like tang to it and all that stuff, but um Yeah. But and I mean it goes it's, on for quite a while. Oh yeah, yeah, but I don't I mean or it I, feels like it at least I don't know. I mean, I guess the song's the song's three minutes, so for Bad Religion standpoint, yeah, I mean, an extra fifty percent song length on that thing. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I love the way it sounds, and I think it's just kind of like a heavy kind of like breakdown to it all at the end of it. And I, I was trying to remember, wasn't there like another like hardcore band or something like that? Like, did a cover of this, or am I thinking of a different? I, I feel like. Was it uh, Shy Halud or something or whatever, however it's pronounced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like they might have done that. It was something like that, yeah. I I was – for some reason I kept thinking it was like – like Boy Sets Fire or Darkest Hour or something like covering like a Bad Religion song. Maybe they have covered Bad Religion songs as well. I'm sure many Maybe. bands have covered it. But yeah, this one – I th- actually, you know what? I think it was that Shai uh, who covered this. Um, but there's some um, – there's like an interesting article thing that like – I guess they're – Brett is kind of denying that it has anything to do with like um, uh, like the Manson murders and things like that. I think – is this the song that I was like digging into that and finding out about it? I think there maybe was another song that we talked about, but um, same type of thing. But um, let me see. I have this thing. I mean it's a long wall of text here real quick. Let me see. So Brett said in an interview, Anesthesia is kind of a short story about a guy and a girl who are in love, but the girl named Anesthesia is also a metaphor for drugs. And in that song, when it says, I've got a little gun, here comes oblivion, the little gun can be a gun. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going on two layers there. It really could be what he's saying, but it also could be a metaphor. Um, you're not supposed to know whether or not the guy's got a gun and he's going to shoot anesthesia and kill her, or you're not sure if the little gun is a syringe and he's going to shoot it in his arm and achieve oblivion that way. There's several levels. Um, you never really know. Um, yeah, so it's a metaphor that almost works on three different levels. It's his favorite one. Um, but there is a Beatles song. Hmm. Um you never give me your money. It's on Abbey Road, um, and there's a line in it that says that counts as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Without the eight, all good children go to heaven. Um, and it was originally some like old children's county rhyme and all that stuff, but the Beatles used that, and so um, using that in this song as well is just kind of. I mean, um, I'm sure that there was a, a Beatles um, fan within Brett at some point, uh, but maybe he's drawing it from from hearing that, but also knowing the. Just the children. No, yeah, big time. I think that they think him and Graf and list them as like one of their biggest, you know, influences or whatever. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I, I, I never quite. I mean, yeah, I never, never knew exactly what this song was about. So at times it feels like it's like, well, he's just kind of rhyming words together here. But <laughs> I always really liked it. You know, yeah, I assumed it was something with you know some relationship thing or something, guy and a girl story or whatever. But you know, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like those threads are in like Brett songs and all that stuff up to this point. Um, so it does make sense. Like, you know, it's like you can kind of overthink sometimes like what those songs mean, you know, because there's two songwriters or even with Jay appearing here on this album, there's three songwriters. So, uh, you know, there's you could overthink it sometimes or it could be kind of like, 
you know, what it feels like and what it actually is. Um, so which is just kind of interesting. Um, but it's a good part of music, you know, I mean, you get to, you know, spend the time to do this. Um, cool. Any other thoughts about anesthesia? No, this that has to be like an all time, like one of their best songs of all time kind of thing, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to do some kind of like a, when it's all said and done, like top five or top 10 bad religion songs ever, you know? So it would be interesting to see. We can do like our, if we, it, yeah, yeah. Would, okay. I mean, I, I think I'll just make it easy and just try and do like the top three off all of my albums, not even consider any other songs. Just look at a whole list of the top three on every album and then just start picking from them. But uh, yeah, that would be brutal because of their long catalog. But um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. That was Anesthesia. That was track six. Uh, track seven is up next. And this one is Flat Earth Society. talked about this previously we uh, mentioned about how in interviews bad religion and alkaline trio had talked about um enjoying each other's um music and everything but like also ap- appreciating like the how they write songs that sounds like similar to their own and everything um, yeah i mean i think we were kind of talking about that and trying to figure out like how and why they kind of think that is but this song actually made me jumped out to me because um, the bright ship Humana is sent far away with grave determination and no destination. But later, um, it's like the bright ship Humana is well on its way, and like it like evolves the words. It's the same like melody. It's the same chorus. It's essentially the same words, but they they kind of tweak it and it grows and changes. You know, with like the story True. of the song, and like that's like a skiba thing to do, like with choruses. You know? yeah. um, so like uh, that just jumped out to me right now. Just just like literally just now like thinking about that like i think that's what they're talking about is hmm. in their songwriting how they, they do kind of paint it in a different way or build it in a different way um which is kind of cool yeah that could be i hadn't really thought about it that but yeah that's very true that's something i want to it as a lot a lot um, um flatter society though uh this is a 1990 song you know um brett was still you know like thinking about oh it's a brett garrett's written song um, but talks about how, like, you know, this flat earth society, you know, like lurking in the shadows and kind of being there and exists and people still maintaining to think that the wor- world is flat. Like, uh, who knew that, like, even now, even in modern times, there's still people like, you know, uh, all like those documentaries and things like that on Netflix, like talking about how yeah. there's this like cult and this mindset of people believing in this conspiracy theory that the world is flat. Yeah. And unfortunately with like, I guess the internet, it's like <laughs> people are able to kind of spread stup- stupidity around a lot easier. But this song, I don't really associate with like the flat earther movement for me when I listen to it. I associate mm-hmm. more with just, you know, people that are in these, these kind of niche and um, unenlightened kind of mindsets and, and pushing their bullshit. And <laughs> so for me, it could be, it could, it's lots of things, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, this is a great, this is a great song though. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it applies to like their logic of you know it's not just anti you know Christian. This message is just like this you know bad religion. Just with anybody being indoctrinated or kind of being fed you know kind of bullshit or kind of lies and all that stuff. That's a problem. And like this song, I mean, it just just calls a lot of that out. You know, kind of thinking about closed minded or whatever. And then the chorus just being lie 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 lie. <laughs> yeah, lie. Right. <laughs> I mean, which is I'm, great. They don't. They don't do that. A lot. I, maybe they do it again. They don't do that a lot in in their songs, though. Which is to just have that as the approach for the for the chorus, kind of, which it really works for this song. Yeah, um, it does. It one hundred percent works. Uh, another gem of a bad religion song. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I got don't got much more to say about it. I mean, it's just again, it's one of those ones that you know, lucky to that it was chosen for all ages because you know that was. Um, on a constant listening cycle for me, you know, coming, just coming into like punk music and stuff like that. So uh, this was always a jam, you know, when it came on and everything. So really into this one. Uh, The next one for all you uh, LP heads would have been the last song for side a. So this would have been like that mini mid album closer uh, track uh, eight faith alone. So here is faith alone. Uh, that is three minutes and 38 seconds long. That is the longest song on the album. Smack dab in the middle of the album. But until we Isn't started... That, what, sorry, did, did oh, I yeah. write that one? Or? Yeah, that's a graphing one. Okay. Um, I kind of thought so, but... Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it feels like it could also be, you know, like, there's a little bit about it being like Giritzy as well. Um, but yeah, definitely you can... It, it's a graphing song. Um hmm. But yeah, uh, oddly being plunked down the middle of the CD is weird. But like we talked about before, like from the side standpoint and all that stuff, um, it's a great way to like end the side. It's got like a you know a long, um, a longer song, but then like the uh, en- ending, the outro of it, you know, "Faith Alone" won't yeah. sustain us anymore. Then just repeats it over and over like that round robin style of like delivery. Um, I think it's really good for it being a long bad religion song. Um, like when you start first hearing like the first like guitars come in and all that stuff or like the count in, you're like, oh, here comes Faith Alone. You're like, oh, yeah, this is a long one. But then once you get 10 seconds into it, like or at least me, like when I'm 10 seconds into it, I'm not thinking about skipping it or anything. I'm like, no, I'll t- I'm committed to listening to this. This is a good song. It's a catchy song. Um, but sometimes like longer songs or exhausting songs could be like, I'll catch this, you know, next time I listen to it. Or like, oh, you know what? I want to hear uh, some other quick, you know, bangers and all that stuff. So maybe I'll just skip this one. But this is, even though yeah. it's long, even though it's long, I don't skip this one. 
I, uh, I enjoyed no, this no, song. This, this is this is a super good song. And the lyrics I always liked as like a, a teenager, especially because it's like you know he's like asking these questions or demanding answers, and nobody knows what nobody can tell him what to do, kind of a thing. Um, it is a little it's a little clunky. It's always felt clunky to me, where he's like. We can't buy more time because time won't accept our money or like our tender isn't valid. Like I'm cool, I'm fine with it, but I always found that to be a little bit of a clunky <laughs> uh, lyric or whatever. But yeah. um, and I I really enjoy the uh, the one that they did, or maybe it was just Graffin that did it. In like one, I mean, not that long, oh, one, yeah. like two thousand something, two thousand twenty or something. I don't know, not that, not before then probably, but where it's like the piano one and stuff like that. That one's super cool too. Yeah, no, that was a recent one. I think that was like a COVID thing, like. Yeah, being shut right. down. I think that they yeah. released it just being solo and like hold up and everything, and he re-recorded it. And I think they may have, he did two songs. I think maybe, maybe it was just that one. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I kind of do remember there being two. Maybe but uh, I like when he does that. The, the, his version of Cease was really cool too. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a good, yeah, really good song for me. Did I see him play Cease live once? I think I saw him play Cease live and he busted out the piano and started oh, the song playing it on a piano. And then, like, midway through it, like, the lights faded and, like, boom, like, the band, like, finished the oh, back man. half of it. I was like, man, this is fucking like heavy, that. dude. This is rad. <laughs> and there's that uh, Process of Belief song that was like that, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I saw them. Extremely dangerous. Yeah, and man. Older. Yeah. yeah, and um, <laughs> I saw them play that live, too. And, like, like they did the whole thing and they left, like, the, the, the clock ticking um, going oh, on, right. all that stuff. And then, like, the phone <laughs> rang. And then as soon mm-hmm. as, like, the phone rang, like, they had um, – like the lights were all off and it was like the last song. So it was like the, like exited the stage. And so like everyone was gone, but in the darkness of like that audio of the clock ticking and the phone getting ready for the phone to ring, they came back out and they got in their positions. So as soon as the phone rang, like the lights kicked on and then like, boom, like it just started playing. It was just such a <laughs> rad thing to see live. Like, um, yeah, man, they're good band. This is a good band. We should do a podcast about, about them. Talk yeah. about them. Dude, you should, when, he, when he was bringing the piano up for seats, you guys should have started shouting out like uh, into the unknown songs. You <laughs> 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 got a piano? Is that a synthesizer? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, into the unknown. I thought you said Indiana Jones songs. I was like Indiana oh, Jones no. songs. Um, no, no, into the unknown. Into the unknown. Yeah, I never don't play anything for it. Nobody, or at least the two of us, I don't think really know any of the names. Yeah, I don't got a single name of an Indiana. I think song one of them's called Billy Gnosis. I think. <laughs> okay. Got it. There's I think one. It's pretty good. There's one. Okay. Um, cool. Well, that's Faith Alone, end of side A, uh, but it keeps going through. We're halfway through the album. Uh, track nine is Entropy. It's not a human issue. Random thoughts of power expresses that which we all disregard. Order. Of nature on a scale which no one thinks about. Don't speak to me of anarchy or peace or calm revolt, man. You're not playing slow decay or castrated by bulls, man. It's entropy. It's not a human issue. Entropy. It's matter of course. Entropy. Energy at all levels. Entropy. From it you cannot divorce. And your pathetic moments. Yeah. All right. That's a. That's a. St- a tough line to get through too. Uh, and your pathetic moans of suffrage tend to lose all significance. Like it's just, it's too much. But I mean, he does it. That's his job. And he does it. Yeah. Um, and then that, that ends with a nice little, like 
Um, it gets like a breakdown, <laughs> and then, then the drums kind of roll in, and like drum roll, and then uh, it kicks it off one more time for the chorus. Um, for as much as like, I mean, we kind of talk about like Pete being not like like uh, as talented per se, like from like a like a skills standpoint. Like he definitely does his job and handles his job and provides the mm-hmm. rhythm and the backbone to like all these songs. Um, and you know, like definitely like he, when they brought him on board, like he'd never played the drums before. So he was like having to learn while like growing with the band and everything. He's definitely nailing it here. Like, I mean, he's like it, his, his style and all that stuff, but like, there's cool, like drum rolls with then fills. Um, he, he's definitely like doing like the best of his ability here. And definitely, you know, he gets to, um, I think a pretty solid point. Yes, it is his last album. And they do bring on a drummer who's <laughs> more technically sound and better than he is. And then they'll even replace him with another one who's more technically sound than the previous one was. But um, I do think that he, um, like the drumming here is not like just the basic choice and just the rhythm background choice. Like there is still some fun like drumming to be had here with like the breakdowns in anesthesia, the little like breakdown here, um, like faith alone, like mid mid tempo drive. More life, I think. Yeah. A little more life and uh, variety. It seems in this one. Yeah. Um, Drumming wise, you know what I mean? But uh, entropy, I just think it's a, it's like a good, like a, I mean, if you, as somebody asks you, like, what a bad religion song is like, like, yes, you're going to play one, one of your favorites, but this would also be one to like, just like, if it just randomly like showed this to somebody, like, yeah, it's kind of the sum of their parts. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything about what they are. Uh, it's fast and and um, yeah. it, it does its point uh, or it does its job and for it makes sure, its for point. sure. The lyrical content was completely on brand, you know. So that, mm-hmm. that's yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the opening lyric is random blobs of power. <laughs> Random, <laughs> lots of power. Expressive, which I'll disregard. Um, oh, man. It, um, it also, again, speaking of the side A, side B, it starts with like that guitar y kind of feedback y, like, like roaring in <laughs> noise and all that stuff. So it definitely is, if you started on side B, it would sound like the opening track, even. Um, little over two minutes long so um yeah good good structuring you know from an lp standpoint confusing for a child yeah. with a cd player you know like all right we're just going <laughs> okay, through a lull here just come back yeah i'm just roaring back yeah going entropy, instantly yeah. roaring back all right here we go uh any other thoughts on entropy no I, I like that song quite a bit it's just uh man there's a lot of heavy hitters on this album already so i mean we'll yeah. see where it ends up <laughs> I mean, final notes, it's energy on all levels, you know, it's a matter of course. Uh, next track, double digits. Uh, we're getting into track 10 title track at track 10 against the grain. I'll start playing that now. to play through just a little bit more 
to that point. Uh, it like builds energy like all through the song and like, you know, in those final yeah. verses and the final choruses and all stuff, it's, it's now loudly like, you know, against the grain and like, it's not like palm muted guitar. It's like loud lull of sound and everything. So I just like the, the, the building that that song is and everything. Um, love against the grain. It's a, it's a big one. It's a jam for sure. Uh, title track. Uh, does its job, uh, rightly so. Um, it's interesting. It's track 10, you know, I mean, it's the, the second song on B side. So, I mean, you, you're still going to hear it early into your listening, you know, if you started with the B side instead of that, but, um, um, still a little, little buried into the album technically, um, for what it is, but, uh, love the song, love the lyrics and everything about it. Um, it's just, a just the generic default messaging, like I maintain against the grain, you know, like just the idea of like thinking differently or trying to think outside the box, like it imprinted on me as an early age, you know, about like, you know, um, helping shape the person I am and helping like think the way that I do and, and being exposed to it and all that stuff. Like, again, that's not even like digging into the actual nuances of the lyrics of it all. Just being able to like, just take those granular, like surface based ideas of what that it is. Um, um, had a monumental impact on just the, the youthful Darren and, you know, who would he grow up to be and still as an adult to this day? Yeah. It's like a general, like the messaging in the song. I, I would completely agree with it. And I, I really like it for that, but then musically it is, I mean, it's fine. It builds like you said, but it's a nice break too. They don't really do a lot of songs like this, especially in these years. Um, so it is kind of refreshing to kind of get that. Like, I mean, it does eventually build and get to be pretty, loud but it's nothing like you know a typical bad religion song you know what i mean yeah and to me it's, it's just kind of a nice break like okay well this is something different I, this is like i don't think they've had any previous songs to this point that are like comparable at all so yeah i always thought that i mean that's that's really cool you know it's um, like a it's like a a babbling brook or like a, a softly flowing river on the surface like it just flows but yeah. then underneath the currents like really heavy and will pull you and all that stuff but like the song you know from an observational standpoint it's it's like oh yeah this is it's like softer it's easier there's something lighter about there's something different about this you know like uh, it's controllable and it doesn't it's not as intimidating but like you know you can still pick apart little things about it and it's still like a a heavy song you know for that where it builds into a heavier song like you said um yeah who, yeah. who wrote that one Against the grain. That is, let's see. I got it here. Uh, Graffin. So, Faith Alone, Mm -hmm. Entropy, Against the Grain, Operation Rescue, God Song, all Gray Graffin songs. There's a streak of five songs in a row here that we're in the middle of. They're all Graffin. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Love it. Uh, Couldn't live without it. Good job, Against the Grain. Um, Next track, we've got, where did I go? Oh. Operation Rescue. Uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. We will go ahead and start that one here. It's an SOS. Send out telepathically signs of our distress. Don't allow complacency. We need restoration now. A fire integrity and a drastic for reminder of our morality. Go rectify it, troopers. You're the ones we've needed all these years to stop the hate.
quiet, uh, a quiet, what is it, like a sleeper hit, you know, like it's one that's <laughs> like buried on there, but like it's it's good. Um, oh yeah. So Operation Rescue, uh, to give me more context, um, in 1988 it began, but it was an American anti-abortion group, you know, from a bunch of evangelicals and like you know crazy folk. Um, who mm-hmm. were you know targeting and trying to you know shut down clinics and just kind of rob the people of um, their needs, um, which is interesting. Then you know, kind of thinking about it and seeing the lyrics and everything, so um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, ne- I never realized that until I was recently listening to the album for us to talk about, it, and I was like, "What?" I, I googled it and was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, I had no idea, but. Uh, yeah, it kind of puts things in a different perspective, I guess, for the song. I don't, I don't, this is like one of those more um, well. There's elements of this song where it's like it has kind of like a, a good like like I don't know like positive message message that like sometimes Graffin will have in his songs like uh, like Henchman kind of has that right like you yeah know, yeah it kind of has that going to me like in the lyrics. But uh, there's probably things that I'm not getting because you know I'm not terribly familiar with this organization and what like that climate was like at that time. Uh, um, but there's definitely some lines in there where it's like, to me at least, has like a, a, a positive kind of like, you know. Yeah. Well, then then you can kind of think about it on like the other hat where I think that even there's a layer of it just that the intelligence that Bad Religion and Graffin has, you know, um, it's written in that tone. Like this is the heroic, positive, like good message here, but it's like – from the vantage point of those individuals, like within that group, I, I think it is too. I and think they're it is. like that's the part that throws me, where it's like because I always took it as like you know like elements of that that made me think like oh yeah yeah you know. But then like once when I found out about what this organization was and like they got more context in the song, like I don't think that's what he was really going for. I think it's supposed to be yeah, it's like the tongue in cheek of their perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, but it's the, it plays both ways. Like those lines, <laughs> yeah. like I mean, especially in like a modern sense, you know, you have like you know the the Trump America and all that stuff, like. We need restoration now of our integrity. Um, like that's like a modern thing. Like like we, you could see that as you know, as as an individual who's a more liberal thinking or a, you know whatever it may be. Like in the modern world, um, these lyrics apply to what we need in like sanity and and what in what the world is kind of think, thinking and uh, not the majority, but a crazy large group of you know Trump backers and everything. Um, but it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the the quality of bad religion, being able to kind of like write on levels like that and um, finding the ways and finding those threads and like kind of pulling on them and having some fun because like it's it means everything and both things and different things all together all at the same time, which is cool. Yeah, because it's also got that you may wonder where they come from, but I want I just wonder why they're here at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. And then it ends on that too. You may wonder, may wonder. where they come from, uh, but I just really like yeah. it. Good, good jam. Uh, and see, they could be just talking about the babies. You know, you might wonder where they come from. You know, they come from God. That's who it comes from. <laughs> uh, no, maybe, maybe that's not it. Maybe that's something that is not at all what they meant by this song. Uh, hey, who knows? You know, Greg's not on the show, so he can't back it up unless he wants to come on the show and refute it. I'm just saying, it's an idea. <laughs> Uh, the next jam is track 12, uh, God song, Kelly Slater's favorite song. Hey. 
I'm struggling to rank these songs. Oh, big time, dude. This is a great song, too. Uh, um, but there are a lot of other really great songs on here, too. Oh, this That's is like, so that, To start that song, isn't that he's like, he's um, he's sort of, isn't it like a poem? Or, or maybe yeah. it's a, yes. a, Yeah, yes. He's, he's kind of reworked the poem um, a little bit to to his song a little bit, I think, if I yeah. remember right. It was, I mean, sounds like you're a Blakehead, too. A uh, poem by William Blake from uh, 1804, you know, a little, mm. little while ago when Graffin was younger. Um, he, <laughs> uh, actually, is this even a Graffin song? Yeah, this is the last Graffin song in that stretch yeah. of songs. Um, but yes, it's. Uh, it was said that it's a parody of the short poem and did those feet in ancient time. So that's what the opening yeah. lyric is. Um, it's kind of, to me, um, also channels like what they will do with like um american jesus like and did those feet in ancient times trod on america's pastures of green and did that anthropocentric god wane through all the beliefs unseen so like it's like blending it through that like obviously like you know like you know trumping up our america and like our our vision and our view of the world and our mindset here is like kind of higher and mightier than others and all stuff so and that 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 view of like oh you know like Christianity and God being so like American, but but at the same time it's like, well, all that happened in a completely other region of the yeah. world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so did they see our cities? They see our infrastructure? Did they see our you know peoples and systems and things like that? And uh, and then even like the line and did that anthropocentric God like so? Is that like referencing just like being you know anthrop like I don't know I I don't maybe I'm not gonna unpack that but um it, it, maybe because like, like, we're like in God's image or whatever anthrop. Yeah, like but like, image, but like modern humanity, like of us with our with our cars and you know the modern world and all that stuff. Like it's not that that mm-hmm. was even mm-hmm. part of what a vision was, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's interesting. It's just like a bigger, it's a bigger thought, bigger than what what typically goes on within my brain on any given day. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's cool to you know, to listen to these songs and have those things kind of like, you know, he, he paints this all out, but then it's, I don't think so. Yeah. He's up there with the other. Yeah. It's so cool. It's a good song. It's got a catchy melody. And then it has a, like that guitar solo. That's not just like the, like, yeah. it's not like the random hammer ons, like fast, like, uh, not that the other solos are sloppy necessarily, but like, I don't know. There's just a lot more like melody and in, like uh, intrigue within like the tone of it and everything. Um, all crammed yeah. into a song that's one minute and thirty eight seconds long. <laughs> wow, it's a not that long of a song. Um, cool. Well, that is God song. So we will move on to the next one. We are at track thirteen. Uh, maybe you've heard of this one before. It is Twenty First Century Digital Boy. We know this song, so we don't need to play as much of this because we have a few more to get to. 
Um, yeah, this uh, is this their best album, <laughs> not counting compilations. Um, it's, it's look. I mean, it, yeah, possibly to this point. There's yeah, we'll get to it. I guess, but it's yeah. tough. It's tough to rank these songs. Um, there's a lot of really good songs on this album. Yeah, uh, but yeah, 21st Century Digital Boy, uh, Brett Garrett song. You know that another like um, semi autobiographical. Um, one kind of like that um what was the other one he did like with the uh, billy was it yeah oh, i think yeah, it was billy. billy it was similar to mm-hmm. to it See, it's not directly like his parents weren't completely just like burnouts unattached to his life or anything at all but the idea of that you know within suburban america is there um and uh yeah and then at the end i really do think it's cool but the calling out um like the references to like the previous albums, um, uh, it tried to tell you about no control, but now I really know. And you told me how bad you had to suffer. Is it? But yeah, no control and yeah, no, no control and suffer. Getting called out on it, uh, it's just kind of an interesting thing. But really good song, really good jam, um, a classic bad religion song. Again, uh, it had some radio play but not from this version we'll talk about it like obviously more when that happens but bad religion re-records it for an Atlanta, one of their atlantic records and um it becomes a single then for for them played on the radio all over the world primarily k-rock but other places too <laughs> we, 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 we heard it as well in arizona all over southern california <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah I what are your thoughts really add, add, no i don't have a whole lot to add to this i mean this is a Probably one of the more well-known Bad Religion songs, I would guess, especially from this time. And um, it's just a all-time classic song. I mean, yeah, I don't really have much else to throw in there. But yeah, I mean, I guess you're probably if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a human being who's listening to this, you you know, you know about this song. Everybody knows about this song. This is not what you're here for. You're here for the deep cuts or the other, you know, kind of fun information along the way <laughs> and everything. So, uh, so us skipping along does not mean. Uh, it is a bad song because that is a great song. Uh, it is just uh, a heavy one of bad religions that needs no more time. Uh, track 14, Misery and Famine. A choice you have to make. Oh, no, that's quality or quantity. So proud of history, replete with sanctity. Words in their harmony, they sing their code to me Have you ever heard yourself the art of that you're in? The tears of present blanket that's instilled here by our span It's misery and famine, it's a force we cannot see Misery and famine, it compels us naturally Misery and famine, great ellipse we bend to thee Misery and famine, just accept your vagrancy This has got a bouncy tone to it that's super fun. Um, uh, great Graffin song. Um, you can tell kind of like through the lyric and everything. Uh, just about, um, you know, it talks about things until the coming end and, and misery and famine, just like about the earth being in a better place and or not. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a bigger picture song that like kind of Greg writes. Um, but super catchy, super poppy. I definitely like... The verses more than the chorus. The chorus is fine. The chorus is like yeah. just it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem it's as playful as like the verses are. Like so proud of history, replete with sanctity, yeah, sanctity. Oh, harmony. They sing. Like it's like that. It, he 
it's just a different delivery. It's like something like fresh and something new. So when it gets to the chorus, and again, the chorus isn't bad, but it's definitely not as like original. They don't take a, like a, a different chance on that necessarily. It's kind of more of you know this or that choice, which I jokingly called out to about like quality or quantity. Um, it's like the, 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 this or that, you know, of their choruses that they've done with songs in the past, even as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it is what it is, but, uh, still a fun song. That, that might be what it is. Yeah. It might be that chorus. There's something about it that, it, and I think there's that chorus. It makes it, um, it's a good song though. Don't get me wrong, but it, it becomes kind of more of a, a bit of a middle of the road kind of song for me. Like, where it's good. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, it's not. But there's some fun, some yeah. There's some fun things that happen in the in the verses, I guess. But yeah, that chorus is kind of just a little bit bland, I guess. I mean, in an album of 17 tracks, like it, it, this is just comes off more as like the filler to that than something that stands out. And not a bad thing. Like it's still fun, still catchy. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know, it's in the middle of the road for me as well. Yeah. Uh, wish they would have maybe ha- had like a little bit more play with that chorus because it could have st- stood out. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, so then, moving on from Misery and Famine, we have Unacceptable, track 15. Irreducible, so we're for today. Plastic compounds and nuclear waste. What else matter when the people on planet have we all gone insane? The state of industrial progress killed us over and over again. It's one part per trillion. I do like the uh, that that chorus, the one part per trillion, per billion, trillion. per million, and like scales down. Yeah. Um, the later in the song, and again, it's a minute and forty five seconds long, so it's not much later. Uh, but the next time that chorus comes around, the backing vocals, like you hear the whole band, it's like one part, one part. Yeah, yeah. I just like hearing like that that chorus of them all. Let me see if I can actually just play one of those because I have it right here. Unacceptable. 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 Uh, yeah, fun song. Yeah. Um, that is. Guess who's that? Guess who that is written by? Um, Crackle? No. That's not a Brett song either. Uh, it's actually it's a it's a Jay Bentley Greg Hetson co-written song. I guess that's what I have hmm. for the notes that were credited. So Bentley wrote two songs solo: "Positive Aspects of Negative Thinking" and uh, Part Three. But this song, he I guess him and Hetson came up with um, from the that book. Um, Do what you want. Um, early on, like Hetson. Uh, and I guess it doesn't talk about it as much, but like, yeah, like the band trying to bring songs, it was early mm-hmm. established that, you know, Greg and Brett showed up with the songs and then the band worked them out, you know, but like Greg and Brett were the songwriters and they showed up with the songs and that's what like, they quickly fell into like understanding that and everything. Hetson looks like mm-hmm. obviously he tried to play a couple of times here, um, but like Brian Baker when he first comes on board, like he does try to show up with some songs and show up and actually do yeah. some writing. And he ends, eventually gets to a point where he realizes like, okay, 
I'm hired gun. Like I'm here to do this job. Like this is my role. Got it. And so like he get kind of, it, it doesn't seem like it's a negative thing necessarily, but it maybe was a thing that he was hoping he'd have a little bit more involvement with. Uh, and it turned out it wasn't. And so it was like, all right, well, you know, at this point I'll just do, I'll do my thing here then as, as the guitar. Um, and uh, I didn't think it's kind of interesting. Like the way that they, they write, it is kind of like a, like, this is it, this is us. And this is how we're, we're going to kind of do it for, 40 years, you know, I mean, for at this point, I mean, for a long time. So, yeah, um, not yeah, a lot this of, has gotta lot of be, strength. This has got to be the last album where any of those guys have anyone aside from uh, Graffin and, and Gearwitz have songs. I think this must be the last album. Where that yeah. happened, but I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, you know what? Uh, Skyscraper, I think on Recipe for Hate. But I don't know if you, or is it Skyscraper? There might be one more that happens randomly, but I think this is kind of getting winding down here. But and it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a fun song. It is uh, similar to misery and famine to me. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of filler. I mean, and I don't know if it's like audio fatigue from listening to 15 previous songs or anything like that at all. You know, is that why they, um, don't go this long again and why like generator is a, like a conscious decision to do less. Um, I don't know, but, um, some of these songs are just, they are what they are. Uh, I mean, some you, you might describe it as a quality or quantity situation. Um, so, so that being said, track 16, quality or quantity. Then the previous line is breaking all the piggy banks. I mean, so scooping up the booty, the scooping up the booty is just like the taking the money. But then the next line is yeah. licking all the right holes. <laughs> Again, it's yeah, like a Greg's accidental sexual metaphors for his songs. You know, uh, good job, Greg. Uh, a minute and thirty-four seconds long. That song is um, like misery and famine. You know, it has that this or that type of like uh, build, and then. Uh, um, like a repeating chorus and everything. Um, I like the, well, I mean, Misery and Famine doesn't necessarily have, eh, it kind of does. But yeah, I think I like this one a little bit more than Misery and Famine, but it also is a minute shorter. And this has like that variety in music where like that tone shifts from like the uh, upbeat uh, yeah. and then it, like it's, it, I don't know, I like that play. And again, like Pete, the drumming, like he's able to like swing between two tempos in this song and have some fun with it. Um, I think it's just a really good job. But quality or quantity? Yeah, this one I actually think is is like really solid. Actually, it's not. Um, I don't lump it in with like those maybe a couple of those other ones that we were kind of like I don't know if filler, but we kind of maybe threw that word around. And uh, lyrically, it's good too. You know, it's like who wants to live on just seventy cents a day? Yeah, yeah. Um, cereal <laughs> and water is a piece for some. You say yeah, like some of those lines in there is like. Um, 
just, just like the messaging behind it, I guess. Pay attention, corporate yeah. America. <laughs> this yeah. is about but you. I also, but, but I also really enjoy the scooping up the boom. It's a good song. It's a good song. It is, though. Yeah, it's, it's actually a, a really good song. It's a good song on a good album, though. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not top three. You know, it's not top five. Uh, I mean, just well, spoiler yours, alert. I guess, but yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, well, if it's in your top five, let me see if it's still there after we listen to the last song, track 17, Walk Away. is just about done but um yeah walk away Ooh, that's a good one too <laughs> um it isn't so i'm gonna i'll give some critique because obviously we don't want to just constantly just say oh good song good song good song i think we've done a good job with that in this episode uh in this actually i mean this podcast in general uh but um it uh it's a minute and 51 seconds. Like, Faith Alone, again, like, was long, and it felt like a an ending, you know? There was a really... Um, it just felt like a period on it, all stuff. This, I mean, kind of does. It just, it like, it, like, harmonizes at the end, kind of ends with, like, a, you know, like a... It, it ends with, like, a good ending, but, like, I could expect more songs after this. Like, it doesn't have, like, a, a, a repeating, like... Um, like melody or like a fade out or a gradual thing or any like kind of building to swell to then like a washout or anything like that at all. It's just kind of just kind of comes to an end and and it is the end of the album and it is a great song. So it's it's not even really a critique of the song necessarily, but maybe just of the, the structure. Uh, but it is uh, the song itself is is fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It doesn't. I mean, you kind of this album has. We'll fade the one. I mean, it's got at least one, maybe two songs that probably could have been maybe more fitting, like closing songs or what you think of for a closing song. But I'm trying to think now what some of their previous closing songs were because I don't really, I'm not, I'm blanking on that a little bit, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, the, like, the world kind of has like a vibe, right? Where, where yeah. a, a song, like you kind of, they have a certain type of song typically that will close an album. And I, I'm not sure that Bad Religion does. Maybe they do, though. I, can't, I just can't even remember what some of them were. Yeah. The last album was The World Won't Stop. Uh, the world okay. won't yeah, yeah. stop. That, not necessarily that's, that's a good, that's not like a completely fitting, but pretty good. That's like a better than this as a closer, probably for what I think of as a closer, I guess. And then uh, pessimistic lines. Um, I, oh. I guess I, that song's a minute and ten seconds long, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. Is it? But but its tone, like the the sound of it, is like a a, a calmer sound. I don't know. There's there's something to me that like the way that that sounds compared to the album could also. Uh, have a different feel so it is ending it is like the end of it all um all right, I don't know. this has such energy that you, you i do get what you're saying i was like all right let's just keep it going you yeah. know it's like, like but well maybe maybe they just want to like the literal aspect of it all because i mean walk away like oh, what's the lyrics away. are saying like walk away yeah, be done with done. it you know uh you know yeah, what that's yeah. that's fucking it that's it 
that's the reason that's got to be the reason because i mean that's what like in an interview like brett talked about the song um is like about it's he said in like this quote it's here it says it's about having the guts to walk away from a bad situation when it's necessary um but like that's probably like the the meta choice of it all you know like for good or bad take it for what it is like walk away like we're done like that's it there's there's a cooler meta choice there and that makes sense i could that might be okay it's better to think of it that way because it just you know i mean it's not like it's accidentally did that because like brett's done like weird you know audio choices like he's he has thought outside the bun you're you're right i think it's completely within the realm of things and they're just i mean it's 1990 the band isn't exactly like Oh, you got me wrong. They're getting some success, but they're not setting the world on fire exactly. So, you know, they're having some fun. Hey, let's, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this was the last song? It's called Walk Away. And that's the message behind the song. I mean, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. This, uh, obviously, being an epitaph release and everything, um, not a lot of promotion or anything because not a lot of money for that and all that stuff. It still went on to sell 100,000 copies and was like a, a real big hit for them yeah. with Epitaph. And Which really, is huge. Yeah. yeah like, for sure. Huge hit for them and everything. And I think the, the choice to work with, um, like Kelly, like those surf and skate videos and like doing things like that to kind of push them out there that got them like exposure, like through like Thrasher magazine and skate culture and surf culture and stuff like that. So that probably helped sell some records themselves too. Um, and I think they talked about it in the book as well, like giving away their, the records as like, um, giveaway and promotional things to like Thrasher and to, um, like a lot of the magazines at the time, um, for like contests to like entice people to like, Oh, like I want to go buy it. Oh, I didn't win it. Well, I'll go buy it now instead. Like, I think there was just this, um, the businessman whose master plan controls the world each day, um, (laughs) Brett Kirish, uh, handled that. So that's the album, all 17 tracks, um, great album uh ends up being after we listen to it and think about it and try and rank it and break it down uh so let's let's move right into that i mean we've got 17 tracks to share um mm-hmm. our, our ranking on and then we have to rank where this album fits um compared to the others so, so far before we do this if just take a look at like without saying where anything is take a look at like maybe song what was ranked like maybe 10 or 11 for you Somewhere in there, or whatever, in okay. that range, like maybe ten or eleven, and like think about that song, and then like look down to like like twelve or thirteen, and then like like I guess what I'm getting at is like should this have been cut down a little bit, maybe? I mean, these are all good oh, songs, yeah. but like yeah. it's fucking long, dude. It's, I mean, well, it's not long in length. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's only songs, a lot of songs. It's like, only thirty five minutes. I mean, like it's not. Yeah, a, I, I guess you can't argue with that. I mean, that's true. Quali- I guess yeah, it becomes more daunting when you're having to when you're having to rank things, and you're like, oh my god. But it's but, anyway. but the interesting thing is, I mean, in just a numbers game, like if you are going to try and compare apples to apples for album to album and everything, um, like, cool, mm-hmm. give me your best three off this and give me your best three off that and let's see which song album's better. Like, you have to pick three here, but really there could be five great ones that you Well, you that's can't. what I mean. This has some really heavy hitters for at least like the first, like the first 10 songs are for sure like top, like, I mean, not, a lot of really top tier songs in there. That's all yeah. I'm getting at. But yeah. And then it kind of there's a drop off though for sure because those are like some all time greats in there and then kind of you get a little bit more just you know anyway well, let's start it, it off like, yeah. numero uno uh, you go ahead and hit me your hit me with your first one what's your best best song on the album oh these are obviously tough but I went with uh, flat Earth Society flat Earth Society okay okay. Uh, I mean, we, we've, we've had some on the money, sim- similar choices and all that stuff, you know, and some odd ones where it's been like five in the same spot and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. flat earth is not far 
away for me, but it is not my number one. My number one is against the grain. I kind of had a feeling. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my thing. That's for sure. Um, so flat earth for you against the grain for me. What's your number two? Uh, number two, I went with faith alone. Faith alone. Hmm. That's a good song. Uh, number two, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't need to be said. Uh, number two, Modern Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's your three? Number three, I've got Modern Man, yeah. Okay. I think my three might draw some ire from the crowds. Um, oh. you know, they might come after me for this. Uh, Operation Rescue <laughs> is my third. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a structurally fun song. It's a good song musically. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, like the, the drumming that like Pete does, you know, like do like the cymbal stops and like, um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of fun in that song. And lyrically, mm-hmm. like we talked about, like the multiple layers, like what's perspective is this being sung from? Like there's just uh, – some big brain plays made on that song, and I, I'm justifying it here, but it is my, it is my three. It's my three. So uh, you're, Nuts. you're four. Number four, I went with uh, 21st Century Digital Boy. 21. All right. Uh, my number four is Flat Earth Society. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're yep. five. Five is Anesthesia. Okay, my five is Walk Away. Hmm. Well, for six, I've got Walk Away. For six, I've got 21st Century. Digital Boy. Okay. Digimon. Uh, number <laughs> seven, I've got, I've got Against the Grain. Against the Grain. I've got Anesthesia popping up on my seven. Okay. So number eight, I've got God Song. I've got Faith Alone. It won't sustain us anymore. Hmm. Well, number nine, I've got Quality or Quantity. Oh, shit. Nine is Quality or Quantity for me. <laughs> <laughs> How odd that lines up right there. Uh, it's a good song. Yeah, it is. Um, it fell into the quality side of things, and now we start to get into the <laughs> quantity side of things. These are the quantity-based songs. Still good songs. Um, but what is your, what, 10? ten? Yeah, 10, I've got Entropy. 10 is Entropy for me as well. Interesting. It's, it's, right. a, it's a matter, of course. Uh, there's so many songs. There's going to be some deviation. I'm sure. Number eleven, I've got uh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, well, I you had already said this one. God song slipped all the way down here for me. Even though it's oh, uh, wow. yeah. I mean, it easily could be re ranked. You know, we did this episode on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday, or wait, oh, today's Wednesday. Never. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's wrong. Either way, you do it on a different day, and it could be in a different ranking. So uh, your yeah, next one. What is it, 12? Number 12, yeah, it's Operation Rescue. 12, okay, that was my three. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Two, uh, 12, uh, Misery and Famine. Mm-hmm. Okay, 13, I've got Turn on the Light. 13, I have Turn on the Light. <laughs> okay, 14, I've got Blenderhead. 14, I've got Unacceptable. Okay, so then for 15, I've got Misery and Famine. Uh, mine is Blenderhead. It shows up here, just one spot lower than yours. And so then 16, I've got Get Off. Oh, 16, I've got positive aspects of negative thinking. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. So I'll, my last one remaining, 17, positive aspects of negative thinking. Yeah, my 17 is Get um, Off. Yeah. So outside of that odd, uh, my very interesting take on Operation Rescue, we had the same top half and same bottom half basically 
Um, yeah, it looks like that way. I mean, like like just slight variation in like you know ones and twos and like spot wise. But Operation Rescue is what kind of disrupted you know ma- the major list. But uh, <laughs> that was a big shakeup right there. Yeah, yeah, but kind of shook it all out. So uh, that being said, then where well, Manny's getting a, a deep bark out there. Um, what do you rank this album then? So we've got How Could a Hell Suffer, No Control, and Against the Grain all together. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't think it would be this obvious. I hope it's not recency bias, but I think it's just there's too many heavy hitter songs on this album. So for me, this is I'm going to have this at number one right now, Against the Grain, then we'll go No Control, Suffer, and How Could Hell Be Any Worse. Yeah, that is my exact order as well. And uh, when we did yeah. the Alkaline Trio... um. Oh yeah, we had some. I had some pretty big differences, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were we were already different, you know, from like album two. Um, yeah, but in that ranking of all the albums, my order was uh, like release order for quite a while until Crimson. Like yeah. my like number one, it was just like every time they had a new album for like four albums, it was. Um, like it kept like just being that the newest one was my favorite one. So here's just like with that one, like, I mean, this is their fourth album we've done. Um, yeah. And this is my number and one right now. It's just going yeah, in, in order of like release based or yeah. like, you know, progressive release or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, well, that was a, uh, that was a fun one. So again, next one is generator. We will, um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, you know, with 11 tracks, you know, and like a little bit different tone. They, I mean, they added a new drummer. There's some, you know, there is a little bit of a tonal, like, decision. It seems like that, or not necessarily tonal, but... Um, oh, big time, yeah. Like, yeah. Tonal, like, like, song, like the songs themselves, the tempo, the, the tone is darker, it seems like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is it is like, you know, a step, I don't even say a step forward, but it's just a different take for them, which is, you know, yeah. good or bad. It's, it's cool to have a band like Bad Religion who is so clearly who they are and who have clearly established themselves with these three albums um, and their, like, comeback from being almost gone and, like, not even doing it, period. Um, it's, yeah. cool, it's cool to see them, like, take a step, you know, in a, in a new direction have some fun with it. Uh, but, yeah, we'll break that one down. And uh, other than that, that's it. Anything else you want to say before we cut it off? No, that's all. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Anybody who is listening and uh, we'll we'll (laughs) see you next time.